All right, first question for you, for those of you who were here last week, what's the difference that you noticed between the two blind men this week and last week? John 9, 1 through 7 was last week. If you need to turn back and look at John 9, 1 through 7 really quickly. Um, this one is Mark 10, 46 through 52. Anybody, any big difference jump off the page to you? Kurt? There's no spit in the eyes. <laughs> That's true. The absolute absence of spit. What'd you say, Teresa? Two different ways of healing. Two different ways of healing, yeah. Yeah, he does it completely differently this time. Jesus does not spit in on the ground there, make mud, put it in on this man's eyes. He just heals him. Bill. One man didn't have to believe, the other did. Okay. Okay, I find interesting too that Jesus says your faith has healed you here. The other one, he's got to go wash. There's a difference in, in, I think there might be a difference in the man that he's dealing with. There's, it's interesting to see how Jesus takes advantage of just everyday life. And everyday situations, and just like with us, everyday situations, things are different. You meet people in different points of their life. You meet people in going through different things, and not everything is the same. You can't always shove everything into these, follow this, 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 and this, and it's just going to be just fine. It's, you're going to have to be flexible. Things are going to be different. Kurt, uh, Craig, not Kurt. Deeper knowledge of the one that, that received the blessing. Okay. Okay, he calls out to him. He's rabbi. Yeah, son of David. There's, there's a, there's a. I know who this guy is. I know who he is. I'm going to call out for him. I, I know what he can do. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's, there is a level of something with this guy. There's something special about him. Anything else? Anything else jump out at you? Okay, yeah, and that's that's a good one. That that, that one, that one's in in the lesson today too. In the the following after, he doesn't just go somewhere else. He follows him, and the text says he follows Jesus there. That's a good point. His enthusiasm. Okay, yeah. That's that's in the yeah. That that's exactly it. That's. If we keep going, you guys are going to do every point that I have. So maybe I shouldn't. Have, maybe I shouldn't have asked that question. Yeah, I know I asked for it. That was that was dumb. Y'all, you all are going to preach my sermon for me. So let's just keep going, and we'll be done in a couple minutes here, man. Jeff. Oh. Beggar. Beggar. Right. Right. Yeah, but there is there is an interesting the reason that, that Mark includes that. I think there is an interesting reason he includes that that this cloak that is indeed significant of he's a genuine beggar. He gets rid of it because he knows the guy he's going to is going to take care of him, and he's not going to need that thing anymore. That that's a that's a huge huge thing in here too, and was another point in my lesson. So <laughs> good job, Jeff. Anybody else want to preach my sermon for me? Carl. Um, Jesus is really concerned about our faith. 
Okay. You know, even today, you know, he's yeah. concerned about our faith. God is concerned about our faith. Yes. It's important that we have faith. Yes. It's, 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 Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's your sermon. Well, thank you. <laughs> and if you, as we stand and sing, if anybody has any... Uh... <laughs> well, I'm going to go back over my points anyway. But that, I, I like the fact that you guys are, where, where you seem to be tracking along similar lines here. And it's, I mean, that's because you've read the text, I've read the text, and, and it, it is pretty simple and straightforward a lot of times what Jesus, what God is asking of us. When you read this count, it's interesting that this blind man does these things that Jesus, well, okay, here we go. First, first thing I, I want to point out in this, in this section here, because it is different than last week. But again, we have the same theme of eyes, right? Of seeing. This guy's blind. It doesn't, doesn't indicate that he was blind since he was born. But he was blind, because it doesn't really matter how long he was blind. He's blind. And he's about to see. That whole month we've been talking about blindness and seeing, which is what we all need to be doing about, with Jesus, is... Seeing him. And, and I, I, I often forget that I think I see him all the time, but I could be just as blind as the next guy. If I get complacent, if I don't focus on him, if I take my eyes off of him, if I put my trust in somewhere else, I'm just as blind as a guy who can't see like this guy here. The first thing I see here, the first point I wanted to make was you don't wait for the perfect conditions to follow Jesus. And I've been, I've been accused, well, not accused, let me put that a different way. I have been in the position of waiting for the perfect conditions to follow him before in my life. After falling away and then wanting to come back, well, you gotta get, I've got to get certain things in order before I come back. You know, I, I don't want to walk into the building not completely taken care of, but then again, if I could walk into a building completely taken care of, then I don't need to walk into the building, right? Probably don't need to be there because if we could do it on our own, we don't need the guy who gives us sight. This large crowd, what does that do to, to the blind man? They don't want him to have any part with Jesus here. They, they say, shut it, right? He's crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on Many were sternly telling him to be quiet. And there's that point that was made here. He keeps crying out. All the more he keeps crying out. And I like that, that, that he doesn't stop because the crowd says, shut it. But all the more, he keeps crying out. He's not waiting for the perfect conditions because he's already in imperfect conditions. And imagine the conditions here as a blind man is sitting alongside the road and Jesus is coming with what? What size of crowd is he coming with? A multitude. And some texts say very large crowd. It's a lot of noise in a crowd. This probably wasn't a silent procession. And what does the blind man do? He hears them coming. He recognizes who's coming with this large crowd and tries to use whatever he has to get Jesus' attention. So he's not going to wait for the perfect conditions. That's number one. He's not going to wait for the perfect conditions because, like my parents told me when, when, I th- when I felt like I wasn't ready to have kids and all of a sudden you got kids, they say you never re- there's never really a perfect time to have kids because you're never really prepared for what it really is, Right? So there's never any perfect condition here. And he definitely does not have a perfect condition for getting Jesus' attention. But instead of waiting for that perfect condition, he takes advantage of this. And he does the next point. 
He doesn't wait for the perfect condition, and instead of letting this condition or letting this time go by, he concentrates on what he has rather than what he doesn't have. And I myself have been in that position where I concentrate on what I don't have. Because it's easier for me to focus on the negative. Is it easier for you to focus on the negative rather than the positive? Like I've, I've told you before, you know, one, one negative comment about a sermon does not... I, I, I hear that one over and over in my head all day long versus the 10 or 20 that were good. It's just that negative comment just beats me up. And I can beat myself up. And a lot of times I'm thinking to myself, I don't have what it takes to follow Jesus. I don't have what, it, what I need. I'm, I'm not there yet. It's not the perfect condition. And I'm not, I'm not ready to follow him yet. I got to get this done. I got to get this. I got to get over this. The blind man here is, is in imperfect conditions and he cannot see him. There's no way he can get to him right off the bat. He's sitting there with his cloak, like Jeff pointed out there ready to do his daily begging. And he's not, he does not have the proper things to get to Jesus to get what he needs done. But what does he do? He uses exactly what he has. He hears him coming. He identifies who's coming. And then he screams out, Jesus, son of David. And like it says in the text, when they tell him to be quiet, what does he do? He goes louder. I'm going to get louder. I'm going to use what I have to get what I know I can't get myself. So sometimes in our lives, when, we, when, when, I'm, when I'm struggling to see Jesus, I've got to use what I have, even though I may be frustrated about what I don't have. Because he's the one that can give me and get me to where I can't get myself. Because the imperfect conditions are always in our lives. So I need to concentrate on what I do have, use that to get to Jesus who can help me get what I don't have. The third point I want to make is he's not swayed by public opinion like you've already pointed out. He cries out louder. Not swayed by public opinion. It's, it's similar, I think, when, he, when he, Jesus is asking the disciples, who do men say that I am? What is public opinion about me right now? Who do they think I am? Well, public opinion was wrong. And this time, when, in, in this, this blind man, public opinion, again, is wrong. They want him to just be quiet. They want him to not bother the rabbi along the way. He's just a blind beggar on the side of the road. He's, he's probably that invisible guy again, just like we looked at last week. That invisible guy who's always there and nobody sees him. This time they see him only because he's yelling. And now they want to shut him up because they see him. A lot of times, too, I think, like, like they, what do they say, uh, sternly telling him, be quiet. A lot of times people in our lives can do that too. Even people in the church, I think, sometimes we can, we can be people who sternly tell each other to be quiet. When we're trying to, the other person is trying to call out to Jesus and we can say, shh, that ain't right. <laughs> Jeff? The phrase is don't rock the boat. Don't rock the boat, yeah. The boat could be easily rocked. When you got a whole bunch of people, <laughs> yeah, the boat can be easily rocked. Yeah. But here, he doesn't listen to the people who want to suck his faith out of him. He doesn't listen to the people who want to stop his faith from getting him up and, and getting to Jesus. Instead, he uses what he has to, to call out even louder because he knows that the people are telling him to be quiet 
They, they don't seem to understand what he understands. Don't be swayed by public opinion. Shouts all the more to get to Jesus Christ. The fourth point I had was Jesus hears and sees. In this loud crowd, and of course, you know, it's Jesus, so he can hear anything he wants to hear. But on, on the one hand, Jesus is a man, right? And he hears this guy's cry in this huge noise. And what does he say when he hears it? Call him here. Bring him to me. Call him, is what my text says literally. Call him. He stopped. The whole crowd probably stopped at that point too. And he said, call him. And then look at what the crowd says. What do they say to him? What does your text say? Mine says, take courage. Arise. Get up. Cheer up. Be of good comfort. Yeah. Notice how the crowd shifts a little here. It's like the crowd sometimes shifts when, when things start not going their way. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. That guy, you want that one? The one that we told to shut up? Now let, let me get him for you. Man. Jesus will always hear. That is one thing I take out of that text. He will always hear, even when I don't think he will. He will always hear, and he notices everything. Yeah, he sees that, side, that man on the side of the road. He hears that guy on the side of the road. He knows he's there. Over all the noise that's there, as he's screaming out over all the noise that's there, he hears him. Kind of reminds me of, of what I'm going to be doing, is all the noise that's in your life, he's still going to hear you. All the trouble that's in your life, he's still going to hear you. All the sorrow, all whatever's in your life, he's going to hear you over all of that. And what does he do? He says, get him over here. Call him over here. Fifth thing I have down was follow Jesus when times are good. Because we've already covered that he seems to be a man who knows about Jesus and is willing to even follow Jesus when times are bad. He's blind. He knows about him. And, and you and I need to be reminded, we need to follow Jesus when times are bad. But oftentimes when times are bad, that's when we get more down on our knees. Because times are bad. But this blind man, like Laurel Lamb pointed out, what I thought was interesting in this text in verse 52, after he has says, he's, Jesus says to him, go your way. Jesus is not saying, okay, now... Just join the procession or follow me. He doesn't even say, come be my disciple, technically. He says, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained his sight. And what does he do? He follows Jesus on the road. Like Jeff said, he doesn't need that, that cloak anymore. Doesn't need it. Now he follows the one who made him whole. So not only do we follow Jesus when times are bad, but I I've, I've personally need to remember, I need to follow Jesus when times are good. Every time that, the, that, that cycle in Judges, what happens when, when they get really fat and happy? Things go bad. We forget all about God when, when we're fat and happy. John made a comment not too long ago about 9-11. And all of a sudden, the country is, is together. And man, we, we, need, we talk about godly things and people are getting back to God. But then what happens after that? A short period of time happens and we're, we're back to normal again. Because we can't follow God when times are good. That might be one of the biggest struggles for America. 
Because we've got life pretty good here. We're pretty fat and happy, according to a lot of places in the world. And what are we doing with that? Are we following Jesus when times are good or just when times are bad? I struggle with both as a human being. I struggle with forgetting when, when things are going well. Yeah, your prayer life kind of goes down. Things start to slip. And then when things kind of take a hiccup, oh yeah, that's right. I need to start praying more. We need to follow Jesus when times are good. I want to... Oh, put it up here. I'm going to read you a story of, that I had on my phone. Or that I copied to my phone. You don't need to know I copied. Anyway, I'm going to read you a story on my phone. I always give out too much information. Um, I'm going to read this story. And then Art's going to get up and he's going to lead us in some songs that have a... Focus on Jesus. Following, walking with Jesus. We're going to sing some songs here that, that focus on that. And then I'm going to get up and I'm going to wrap up this month's Eyes on Jesus series. But I want you to hear this story first. Or at least part of the story first. While crossing the U.S.-Mexican border on his bicycle, Pedro Gonzalez was stopped by a border guard who pointed to two sacks Pedro had on his shoulders. What's in the bags? asked the guard. Sand, said Pedro. Get them off. We'll take a look. Pedro did as he was told. He put down the two sacks, poured out the contents. Sure enough, they contained nothing more than sand. The border guard, border guard stood there, scratching his head for a while while he told Pedro to empty his pockets. Pedro complied by pulling his pockets inside out, revealing there was nothing in them. The border guard was sure that this was... This, this guy was a smuggler. Even so, he told Pedro that he was free to go. So Pedro scooped, carefully scooped up the sand in his hands, reloaded the two sacks, putting them on his shoulders, and continued to cross the border. A week later, the same thing happened. Again, the border guard stopped Pedro and demanded to see what was in the two sacks. Once again, they contained nothing but sand. As Pedro was leaving, the border guard thought to himself, maybe he's just testing me. Maybe he's going to keep doing this, hoping that I'll quit searching the sacks. Well, I know he's got to be a smuggler, so I'll keep searching him, stopping him and searching every time. He won't fool me. This went on every week for six months. Every time, the border guard found nothing but sand in Pedro's sacks. One day, the border guard was waiting for Pedro to appear with the sandbags. He was convinced that Pedro was guilty of smuggling something into the U.S. This time, he was going to find out what it was. However, Pedro failed to appear. All right, let's sing these songs with a concentration on following Jesus. Then I'm going to continue this, this story and wrap up this lesson. Number 414. Anywhere with Jesus I can safely go. Anywhere he leaves me in this world below. Anywhere without him here his joys will fade. Anywhere with Jesus I am not afraid. 
Anywhere, anywhere, friends I cannot know. Anywhere with Jesus I can safely go. Anywhere with Jesus I am not alone. Other friends may fail me, he is still my own. Though his hand may lead me over dearest wave, anywhere with Jesus is a house of praise. Anywhere, anywhere, fear I cannot know. Anywhere with Jesus I can safely go. 415. Each step I take, my Savior goes before me, and with his loving hands he leads the way. And with each breath I whisper, I adore you. Oh, what joy to walk with him each day, each step I take. I know that he will guide me to higher ground. He ever leads me on until someday the last step will be taken. Each step I take just leads me closer home. At times I feel my faith begin to waver. And up in the hay, a chasing ride. Is then I turn and look up to my Savior. I am strong when he is by my side. Each step I take, I know that he will guide me to higher ground. He ever leads me on until someday the last step will be taken. Each step I take just leads me closer home. Sweetly, Lord, we have heard thee calling, come, follow me. And we see where thy footprints falling lead us to thee. Footsteps of Jesus that make the pathway grow. We will follow the step of Jesus wherever they go. If they lead through the temple, 
simple holy preaching the word or in homes of the poor and lonely serving the Lord footprints of Jesus that makes the pathway grow we will follow uh, Jesus wherever they go. Sweet are the promises, kind is the word, dearer far than any message man ever heard. Pure was the mind of Christ, sinless I see. He's a great example and a pattern for me. Where he I follow, follow all the way. Where he I'll follow, follow Jesus every day. Sweet is the tender love Jesus have shown, sweeter than, than any love that mortals have known. Kind to the erring one, faithful is he. He's a great example and a pattern for me. Where leads I'll follow, follow all the way. Where leads I'll follow, follow Jesus every day. Let's to his loving words come unto me. Weary haven laden, there is sweet rest for thee. Trust in his promises, faithful and sure. Lean upon the Savior and thy soul is secure. Where? He leads I'll follow, follow all the way. Where he leads I'll follow, follow Jesus every day. All right. A few days later, the guard happened to meet Pedro in El Paso. You sure drove me crazy, said the guard. I knew you were smuggling something across the border. I won't say a word, but what were you smuggling across the border? I know you had to be smuggling something. A big grin spread across, across Pedro's face, and he replied, Bicycles. <laughs> If you paid attention to the story, at the very beginning, he came up on a bicycle. Apparently, he came up on a different bicycle every time. But the guard was so focused on the sacks and other things that he missed the thing that was right in front of him. That's the same way with you and I. So focused on things, so peripheral things, that we miss 
the big picture, which is Jesus Christ himself. We need to keep our eyes on him. Last, uh, I think, Wednesday night or a couple Wednesday nights ago, Art referenced John three fourteen through 17, talking about the bronze serpent. Now, Jesus said, as I am lifted up, I was, the bronze, it's a bronze serpent was lifted up, so I will be lifted up. What's interesting is that bronze serpent started off as a good thing. How did it end up? As an idol. 2 Kings 18.4. they got to take that thing apart because people are now worshiping the bronze serpent itself and are missing the big picture behind the bronze serpent. Just like that border guard's missing the bicycles that he keeps riding in, looking through the sand for nothing. It's the exact same thing that Hebrews chapter 12, if you want to go over there really quickly, the first two, first two verses, I know we've looked at this a couple times, but it's focusing our eyes on the right thing, seeing the right thing, which is a person. It's not a system of rules. It's not a system of you do this, this, and this. It's a human being. It's a Jesus Christ who is God that we focus our eyes on. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God, fixing our eyes on the forerunner. The trailblazer, Jesus Christ, the one who has gone before us. Like Bill is talking about in class and following and walking, and it's, it's, it's hard to distinguish the two because he does go before us. He has blazed the trail. But at the same time, where is he walking? He's walking right next to us at the same time. This is that, that wonderful duality of, of Christianity. He, is, he has gone on before us. He's, he's made the path clear, and yet he walks with us. Every day. And that word fixing there in verse 2 means to consider attentively, to contemplate contentively, attentively. Just like Jesus says about, about the birds, you know, think about these birds here. Contemplate how God takes care of these birds and then think how God, is good, how God would take care of you. And now the Hebrew writer is saying, contemplate on Jesus Christ, attend to Him, just Fix your mind, everything about you on Jesus Christ, who goes before you, but at the same time walks next to you. That's exactly what fixing our eyes on Him, that's what the blind beggars did, that's what Paul did. And, and I, I want to end with, with Peter, because Peter oftentimes reminds me of me. Sticking your foot in your mouth, letting your mouth run ahead before your brain has the time to actually process what you should be saying. Peter... Peter, in a lot of ways, and I, yeah, we're, we're like each other. Matthew nineteen twenty two through 23. Peter is going to walk on the water with Jesus. I love the fact that, that Peter even gets out of the boat. Faith. He sees Jesus, and he says, I want to get to him. The faith that, that, that kept him afloat was when... Peter had contact with Jesus. When he had his eyes focused on Jesus, but when those eyes focused on the things around him, he sinks to the bottom there, and Jesus has to help him out. The eyes again, the, the seeing Jesus, Peter, it had happens again in Luke 22, 52, 54 through 62. And this is where 
Peter is going to deny Jesus three times. And I love after that that the cock crows and it says in the text, Jesus is, their eyes meet. Their eyes meet. Can you imagine that, that moment after you've denied him three times and that cock crows and you remember exactly what he said and then your eyes meet his eyes? That's got to be powerful. But then in John 21, now this one doesn't say their eyes meet, but I can hardly imagine Jesus saying to Peter, do you love me? Without looking in his eyes. He restores Peter. And he's got to be that eye contact between him and his Savior. It's that same eye contact that, that we have to have. Being able to see Jesus through the troubles, through the sorrows, through everything. Being able to see him clearly. Not seeing, like Bill says, I mean, it's part of, the, part of my, my notes that I skipped over because I have a tendency to just skip over notes is waiting for the perfect conditions. How much do you need to know before you, you come to Jesus? How much do you need to, to understand before you come to Jesus? Way back when, I had the, the five steps. You know, this is, this is it. This is how you get it done. I had the Bible study. This is how you get it done. I've abandoned that for years now because people are in so many different walks of life that you can't just pin them into these, this Bible study. And this Bible study is going to take them through all the points that they need to know and then boom, they're, they're immersed and you've got those five things taken care of and now we're done. That's why the last time it happened, it took years with this guy because you never know where they're coming from. And that five-step thing, it's not going to really get you there. It's not going to get you to the relationship that you need to be with, with Jesus. It's focusing on the man and not a plan. The man was the plan. It's focusing on Jesus Christ himself. That's what gets us there. When we walk with Jesus, we walk when conditions aren't perfect. When we walk with Jesus, we walk with what we can offer right now, and we trust that he can take us to that next level, that he can provide for us what we can't provide for ourselves. When we follow, when we walk with him, it's when it's not popular. It's when it's when the crowd is telling you, shut up. And what do you do? Instead of shutting up, you cry out even more loudly, Jesus, Son of David, help me. When we walk and we follow Jesus, we walk with him when times are good. We don't forget him when things start going our way. Focusing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, that's where it all hinges. A relationship with him that means eye contact with the Savior and not breaking it, keeping our eyes on him. I encourage you this week and until I see you again to focus on Jesus, to keep eye contact with him. I'm going to do my best to keep eye contact with my Savior. You do the same. And I'll see you when I see you and make eye contact again. And if anybody needs any prayers or, or anything of the congregation today, of course, we always have that time to come forward as we stand and sing.